Hey friends, before we get to today's episode, I want to talk to you about unicorns. You know I think we're all unicorns because we have special gifts and talents, and because we're all so special, it's important that we invest in things that will help us get to the next level. In fact, 20% of all unicorn startups are using HubSpot, and for good reason. HubSpot's all-in-one platform levels up your sales, software, and support. Plus, they have a huge collection of resources to help startups scale. And with the HubSpot for Startups program, you can save big off your first year. To see if you're eligible to save on HubSpot, visit HubSpot.com slash startups. What you don't say creates distance, mm-hmm. right? So if you are in a, some sort of partnership, whether that is, and I've, I've literally used this in my relationship with my girlfriend, in my business relationship with my brother, and now I'm extremely conscious about it, is what you don't say creates distance. And what does that mean? There's a lot of times where we go that certain actions from our loved ones or people close to us might create some sort of reaction in us and then we don't say anything and we you know kind of like stuck it deep inside of us and that just builds up right it might build up some sort of resentment it might build up any other feeling it could be mainly i would say it builds up some negative feelings Hey friends, we have another great episode for the holiday season, and I just had a really thoughtful conversation with Luis and Bonzi Camejo, also known as the Biz Bros. They are the creators of Content is Profit, which is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. And this conversation, it was just so much fun. Luis and Bonzi are brothers, and technically both of their names are Luis, but the younger brother actually goes by Fonzi, which probably makes things a bit easier for them, especially because they are brothers and business partners. Yes. (laughs) I think the unique thing about this conversation is that they are actually family. And when you meet them, you automatically feel like family. They are just so warm and welcoming. And they remind me of my uncles, cracking jokes and just having fun. And as we gather with our families this holiday season, blood, chosen, or both, I think this conversation sheds lights on some important themes, the value of laughter and storytelling, the value of having honest and difficult conversations to help bring you closer to the people you love, to the people you care about, and the value of connection and community. So before we get to this conversation, let me tell you a bit more about Luis and Fonzi. They are the dynamic brothers behind BizBros, and they have spent over seven years mastering the art of content creation that drives opportunities and profit. As online personalities, owners of Studio Podcast Suites, and hosts of the top 0.5% global podcast, Content is Profit, which is in the HubSpot Podcast Network, they're on a mission to help companies, business owners, and content creators transform their content into value-packed assets that amplify their message, build trust, and create consistent opportunities. Drawing from their experiences with industry giants like HubSpot, Orange Theory, Red Bull, Chet Holmes International, and more, they've developed game-changing frameworks such as the MVC, Minimum Viable Content. Yes, clever, not MVP. (laughs) These Venezuelan brothers, once on a path to professional soccer, pivoted to entrepreneurship, driven by a passion to support their family back home and make a global impact. But what they cherish most are the invaluable relationships forged through their podcasting journey. And it is an exciting journey. And I can't wait for you all to hear about it. So let's get to it. All right. I am so excited to have the Biz Bros, Luis and Fonzie, or actually Luis and Luis, you can explain that, the brothers. On the show today, thank you guys so much for just coming on No Straight Path. I love your story. I love your energy. We spent some time together at Podcast Movement recently, and we just had so much fun. So I'm just so happy to have you here. Yeah, Ashley, it's it's an honor and a privilege to be here with you. I'm I'm excited to hopefully share our story and hopefully inspire some people. We'll see. Yeah, when (laughs) when I saw your email on my inbox. You guys want to come to my podcast? Like, heck yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> cancel, cancel everything on yeah. Thursday. You can tell, you can ask my brother, how am I coordinating times and giving him times for meetings? And he will tell you I'm not the best, 
But as soon as I saw your email, I was like, we got to make this happen. Aww. I certify that. That's actually true. Yeah. Like yeah. he's actually really bad at meeting times. <laughs> so. <laughs> so yeah, thank well, you for having us. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. So yeah, well, thank you for responding to the email. We got it on <laughs> <laughs> schedule. We're here. Oh, yeah. And yeah, so I am excited to talk to you about your childhood. Can you guys, yeah, let's start from the beginning, especially as brothers. Tell me about how you guys grew up, about your personalities. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah, well, <laughs> once upon a time in 1993. No, okay. Uh, you know, my brother was a fairly happy kid until I was born. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that's also true. Certified, you know. <laughs> um, no, but I'm going to lead with this one. Personally, I feel like I haven't changed that much. On a personality wise, you know, I think I, I still live as a child in in many ways, you know, in, in good ways. You know, I had that happiness, that kind of like life wonder, that curiosity. I'm very curiosity driven, but obviously in sense of responsibilities and awareness, all these other skills, hopefully I've grown up. <laughs> but, you know, gr growing up, we're from Venezuela, South America, for those that don't know exactly where it is. It's right next to Colombia, right on top of Brazil. And we lived there pretty much our whole life. I, I moved out of there at age 18. And for those that are not very familiar with Venezuela, is a country in a little bit of turmoil, right? It's, yeah. I feel like it's kind of settling a little bit, but not really. And, you know, we grew up in a country that was starting to turn into somewhat of a communist regime. And, you know, there was a lot of insecurity out on the streets, right? My brother has a crazy story about that, if you want to <laughs> dive a little bit about that later. But we were fortunate enough that we had, we were a medium class family, right? Our parents, loving parents, they're still married, which we obviously were extremely grateful for, right? I feel like in a world where now that is not as common and we did have a lot of opportunities and we had parents that sacrificed a lot to give us the opportunities right for example my brother at the age of 15 he moved to europe for a little bit to chase his dream playing soccer we always wanted to be soccer players right and or dad literally moved everything in his world to make that happen and me personally at the age of 18 I managed through soccer, get a scholarship here in the U.S., right? And that's how we managed to kind of like escape that regime back home mm -hmm. and find new opportunities. So I wouldn't, you know, as much as sometimes I would like to have that awesome entrepreneurial story of like a rack to riches and all that stuff. By any means, we were rich, but also by any means, we had huge, huge like struggles and and this crazy story right yeah. but definitely a lot of the values that were instilled in us by our parents right or dad or mom have played a huge role when it comes to yeah the things that we're building right now on our, on our entrepreneurship career yeah i think the concept of family right was a big one growing up like our family was always like having lunch together as much as possible dinner together as much mm -hmm. as possible our dad was very big on that, spending a lot of time together. He would drive us to the soccer games every single weekend, right? Like, and that family value was something that it, it is something that I today remember. Right? I have two kids now, I'm married to, so that's something definitely like spending time together. It's one of the things, and and through that time together, we got to live a ton of stuff. And our dad was always like, you know, be be humble and like be honest. Honesty, the biggest thing ever, and. Uh, so with that, obviously, you know, it's, as as kids or or as um, teenagers, you you have your rebel moments. You know, I, at seventeen, I, for example, took one of the cars in the house and and crashed in the middle of the highway without permission, no driver's license, right? Oh, and wow. that, that's one of those crazy events yep. that, that that happened. But besides that, right, like we had a pretty normal childhood, and we we're very fortunate, even though we we're living in, in a country like Venezuela, to to be in a really good school that taught us English and open opportunities and yeah. for us. And like Fonzie said, right, like at 15, I was in, I went to Europe to play. He also came for like a summer to play in Europe as well. Then we both came here because of those opportunities based on honestly relationships that our parents developed there. So like from a very mm -hmm. young age, we were exposed to 
our dad is super personable. Like he will make friends in any line. He will be yeah. like in a line for the bank and then best friends with the guy in front of it. Get be- yeah. best friend for he the can guy. talk to a wall if he wants talk to. Talk to a wall. You know, our mom, same thing. Like every time we had like a family gathering, like they were the, there still are like the, the soul of the party, right? They dance together. They, my mom sings. And I think being exposed to that allowed us to tackle world when we left home under, yes. under a different perspective. Yes, but I will add, as we go on this journey, we've had pinpointed <laughs> some challenges, some triggers, if you call, <laughs> yeah. that have developed from that childhood, right? Because again, our parents, loving parents, and we know that they have the best intentions when raising us, but at the same time, they know what all, all they know is what they know, right? And they don't know what they don't know. And at the end of the day, for example, we pinpointed, let's just simplify it as the money mindset that or that had, right, has had an effect on us growing up and on entrepreneurship career, right? So those type of things, right, yeah. that might not be as visible as other aspects of the story, those have had a huge, huge influence on us and on our awareness and how we're trying to grow in this journey. Yeah, but both parents are like our dad, a chemical engineer. Mom is a you know university professor, so no no entrepreneurship at all mm. in our household. We always felt like a need, or at least I did, you know, from a very young age, like mm. make at least like some money, right? Like we didn't have an allowance type of deal. Like so, our dad was like, "Well, figure out, you know, wash cars or do X." And we ended up going to this market and grabbing, you know, buying these like counterfeit soccer jerseys for like five bucks, right? And then uh, taking them to our school and selling them for like 25 or 30 bucks and, or grabbing, downloading music from like Livewire or Kazaa <laughs> and putting them into the CDs and then selling those CDs in school. So there, yeah. there was always an element. I will say this, obviously that is super illegal. We don't <laughs> condone on any of that, but back home, that was super normal for us growing yeah. up because there's traffic everywhere where you go and you would go on the highway and there was this crazy traffic and there would be these guys, we call them buoneros in Spanish. I don't, yeah. I don't really know the name in English, but it's people with this kind of like car, huge cardboards hanging off their neck with pirated movies and CDs and games and they're selling it and you see cops stopping and buying <laughs> these pirated, these counterfeit yeah. movies, right? Yeah. So you grow up thinking it's normal. In our neighborhood, right on top of like a bakery, there was this guy that had a shop, like he like literally- a brick and mortar shop. A brick and mortar <laughs> shop. And all he sold and rented was counterfeit burned movies, right? He would download them from the internet, put them on a CD, and then you would go and rent like a, literally like a counterfeit <laughs> blockbuster. <laughs> blockbuster yeah. And again- we don't condone any of this, that's very illegal. <laughs> yeah. But that was the reality we grew up in. So yeah. for us, when we were kind of like trying to make money because our friends had an allowance, we didn't, you know, we wanted to go to the movie theater with our friends, etc. We needed to figure out ways <laughs> to make money. And doing this type of things yeah. was kind of like the solutions that we were seeing around us, right? And at the end of the day, bringing it back to entrepreneurship, that's one of the lessons as well, which is there's problems everywhere that need to be solved. And obviously there's legit and honest ways to solve those problems. But in our eyes was, well, our friends need music. Because what? Let's, <laughs> let's burn some, some CDs and provide the, the music. The, the music for yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I love so much about your entire childhood. It just sounds like <laughs> such, yeah, such a great childhood with just so much support and family and fun. And it's so funny that you said that too, just about the pirated videos and how there were just whole shops like that. I remember when I was studying abroad in Peru and my host dad, he said, okay, we're going to go shopping. We're going to go to the black market. And I was like, the black market? Like, is this okay? Is this illegal? He's like, no, everyone goes. Everyone goes. It's fine. And yeah. so we went. It was this huge, you know, flea market with all these different things. But certainly we're like knockoff brands and things of that nature. But it was just like the family pastime on Sundays, which was funny. So, yeah. Yeah, we, it's a typical thing. We, yeah, we actually have a, there, there was kind of like a black market like that. That's where we used to buy the soccer jerseys. Yeah. 
and it's called the Cemetery Market. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if, if you're not scared by that name as a 10-year-old, <laughs> you know, something is odd. So yeah. my dad is like, all right, we're going to go to the Cemetery Market. We're going <laughs> to buy some shirts. We're going to buy you some clothes. Awesome. Let's go. And around that time, there was this rumor about this weird drug. It was not a rumor. It was a very legit thing. Yeah. Well, I guess it was a legit <laughs> thing about this drug that they were using to, like, I don't know, knock out people and then kidnap them yeah, or whatever. They, they used to call it bur burundanga. Right? Burundanga. So and it was pretty much like, again, I don't have no idea, but they would say that if they touch you, it could transfer through like skin and you would pretty much like pass out and they could take you. At least that's what I remember up to my knowledge. So, so our dad like sits us down like in the living room, right? And uh, keep in mind, like, I don't know, Fonzie was 10. I was like 13 at the time. Yeah. And he's like, hey guys, you know, we're going to go to the market and we're going to wa be walking from the subway station to there. There's going to be busy, a lot of people. And the way that these markets are set up is like you have like these sideways containers, right? And each container is like a shop. So it's like, just stay close to me. And our dad is a very fast walker. He's right? a fast walker. Like he would throw <laughs> rocks at me while we were playing, so practicing soccer because I didn't jog fast enough. He's like, run. And he would like throw but, rocks at way, me. Full disclosure, we're we love him. Oh yeah, today. I love my dad. <laughs> so, but, and he goes, stay close to me because Burun Dagner is out there. And if they touch you, right, you'll faint and then uh, you'll be taken. Yeah, yeah pretty that, much. That was a debrief, right? So, you know, Personally, I, I'm like, okay, perfect. I'm just going to stay close to my dad. And I don't know, I think like you in the drive there or... Uh, I'm a slow walker. <laughs> I'm a very curious person. So I like to look around. So we get to the to the market and our dad just starts going. And he's not like this type of person that stops to look at the options. If he's going for one thing, he's just going to go straight to that spot and then pick it up and then leave. So he was going and I'm behind him, you know, behind the two of them. And I'm kind of like trying to catch up. And all of a sudden, these people that... The people at the market try to sell, they're very handsy. Like they will grab and they're like, hey, come here, come check this out, right? And But it's normal back home, right? But our dad didn't tell us that. He forgot that part, <laughs> that important part of the story. So we're walking in there and this random guy, he's like, hey, look, we have all this stuff. And he grabs yep. my arm. And I'm not kidding. I think because of the fear that I was feeling, my bluff just I just everything just came down I I didn't pass out but I got dizzy, dizzy. <laughs> I was so afraid started and I screaming I started dad. screaming dad dad and the guy grabbing me he was like oh my gosh he panicked he's like I'm so sorry I'm so sorry and then I yeah. came in like gave him water sugar water yeah and, uh, I had to sit down for a little bit and take a breath I was panicking but at the end of the day we got all the goods nothing happened it was it was all okay but just a uh, representation right like a visual image <laughs> of how these markets go which are a little crazy i wonder how they are nowadays we haven't been in a while yeah <laughs> yeah wow i love that i love the storytelling <laughs> and speaking of storytelling i know you do a lot of that in your work with content is profit and yeah i want to know about that story and about that journey can you tell us about your entrepreneurial journey yeah absolutely like the stories like we've had i think that bug we didn't really know what it was since we didn't have any entrepreneurs that we knew in our family or, or some friends, friends maybe. Yeah. yeah. But it is not, it was not the typical thing. And then, you know, we end up here in the States playing soccer. We both played here. And that's the reason. And then after that, we really are like, well, what now? Like, what are we going to do? And as an international student, you only have a few options to, to be able to stay in the States, right? Either you get married, you get an H1B visa, right? And that means you have to go work for a company. They have to sponsor you. Personally, for me, I had like a four-month period where a company could recruit me and then actually pay for the process. And at the time I graduated, I think 250,000 people were applying for H-1B visas and only 65,000 spots were available. So like to me, that was not even an option because these are also people that have been working with the company for a full year, right? So the time I graduated, just made it that way. So I was like, okay, you know what? What's the other way? Entrepreneurship, <laughs> right? And we're like, I guess we'll start a company. And there was always like that feeling of, I want to build something. I don't want to be working for somebody else. I want to explore the possibilities of what we're going to be doing. Yeah. So around that time, you know, we started selling vinyl stickers. Our roommate at the time came into our house and it's like, guys, we're going to start a company. We're going to sell stickers. And then it's like, sweet. How do we do that? And then he's like, I just ordered a vinyl cutter, right? So it's like this machine that cuts vinyl sheets that you can then turn into stickers. So we started designing stickers. We didn't know how to design. We just 
copied and pasted some stuff in Illustrator and, and learn how to do vector files and all this. And then we will go to shops and try to sell these like $20 vinyl stickers. <laughs> and we're like, we're going to have to sell a ton of stickers to actually, you know, pay something. Yeah. And that evolved into, we went to this amazing conference in Orlando where I fell in love with a screen printer and our roommate dropped $5,000 to buy this machine. And, and we put it in the garage of our house. We actually were living in a seven bedroom house at the time. My now wife was living with us at the time, all roommates, two dogs, a cat. Like it was Crazy, crazy times. <laughs> and uh, we started screen printing t-shirts in the back of our garage, right? At the time I was working as a fitness studio manager. So I ran a couple of fitness locations and then Fonzie and our roommate Steven were doing this screen printing during the day. And also throughout the night, I would come in home at 7 p.m., 8 p.m. And we was it was horrible. Let me tell you, <laughs> it was a horrible it was process, not, yes. especially in humid Florida with that garage <laughs> that is all steamy and warm. Yeah. Do not recommend. We ended up buying like an oven so we can actually dry the, the, the ink on the shirts that made it a lot hotter. Uh, we didn't have a place to like actually dry the shirt. So we ended up putting these all these ropes across like the first floor of the house and like hanging the shirts. We had 300 yeah. shirt order, 200 shirt orders, right? And and we had to turn these around in, in within a week. So we learned a ton. But then after that, we're like, you know what? I think we need to move to the digital space. And uh, we decided to start a brand. And by starting a brand, we started learning about social media and all this stuff. And that evolved into us offering social media services for local businesses. Yeah, I'm going to make a quick parenthesis here because I think this story is kind of funny. But <laughs> I think it's the entryway for a lot of people as well to this entrepreneurship world, especially in the digital space, which is courses, right? We didn't know anything. We, I mean, we went for a four-year school. I don't even know what you graduated for, but I did sport management, right? Mm -hmm. And I, in my mind, I knew nothing about digital marketing at all. And I remember one day I was on YouTube and I got a very famous <laughs> ad in front of me that I'm sure whoever is listening to this, they're going to remember. And it was an ad from Ty Lopez, the one on here in my garage. He's like, I'm here in my garage with my books and my Lambo. And that ad hooked me like no other, given I've had read some books about entrepreneurships and funnels before, but this ad popped up and the ad was amazing. But again, I didn't really have the belief that we could do anything on the marketing space or online because I didn't believe we had the skill set. But when this ad pop up, for me, what pop up was an opportunity to learn the skill set to then go ahead and build a business. So the course was like a thousand bucks. And I remember I watched <laughs> the ad. I went and watched the whole webinar and I went running to my brother. I was like, dude. This is it. This is the opportunity. He was selling how to build a social media marketing agency. Yeah. And I went to my brother running and I told him, we are going to build a social media marketing agency. We're going to be millionaires. This thing is just, we're going to print money, dude. This is so <laughs> good. And well, I he, think he my ran, passion he, he in ran, a way. He ran to me because I was the one with the credit card. Exactly. <laughs> and I think my passion in a way sold him. And he was like, all right, let's invest in this. Right. And that was our entry point to yeah. that world. We bought the course. We did not finish the course. We probably consume about 30% of it. But thanks to that, those teachings, right, those entry points, you know, regardless of the views that you have about Ty Lopez, right, if you're listening to this, I know he's a little bit controversial, but that actually kickstarted our online journey. And guess what? We failed. We believe that we had some skills that could help people. And we went out there and we started selling some businesses, right? And we started, all right, let's talk to dentists. Let's talk to restaurants. How can we help them? And <laughs> that kick-started the journey of many, many lessons. <laughs> yeah, it was funny because, you know, our first client was a Mexican restaurant, right? And we were, you know, we we're supposed to go in there and take some pictures and do that. And we were trying, we we're selling the, the owner. We actually didn't have a company registered at the time. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Fonsi shows up and we have like this printed contract. I showed up in a suit. He showed up in a suit. You know, he you haven't worn a suit. I don't Since, know how many years. Probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so he signs the contract. You know, we take the payment. I think it was $500 at the time. And we're like... <gasps> we have 500 bucks. What do we do? I'm like, well, we have to go register the company. So we immediately went online and registered the company here in Florida. And when we go back, the owner's like, hey guys, I was doing some research and uh, I noticed that you guys started the company the day that I signed the contract. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> we're like, well, you know, we we're kind of like proving a concept and, you know, the, the, you know, we kind of talked our way around that. And uh, that was like the story of our first $500. Yeah. Uh, now looking back <laughs> at it, I think he definitely saw through our uh, noviceness, I guess, if you want to put it that way. You know, yeah. he, he saw through maybe or will to build something and he was compassionate enough to let us work yeah. on his on his restaurant. Yeah. At the end of the day, it was a very tough client, not gonna lie. But yeah. we learned a lot, right? Yeah. We learned a lot about wow, we are definitely undercharging, first of all, for what we're doing. And second, we want to work yeah. with a certain type of people. Yeah. But again, it was a fun start to the journey. Yeah. Now to know to not extend the story too much, you know, fast forward a few years. And we were doing mostly video content for local businesses. And that's when 2020 came came along, you know, the world shut down and 80% of our business pretty much closed. And we were like, wow, what are we going to do it, now? Yeah, in a week. I mean, we got yeah. a ton and, of phone calls. <laughs> yeah, we had just rented a new office space, right? It was a new expense. Not only that, but that's when we had invested too previously made one of the biggest investments we've done in business, right? We we were seeking for some sort of mentorship. Actually, here's the timeline. Yeah, give, give him the context of that investment. Here's the timeline. April 2019, my son is born. I'm working in the fitness studio. September 2019, I quit the fitness studio because we wanted to do full-time business. I go take a personal loan because my wife is like, hey, but she was in, in grad school at the time. So if if you finance like the next year, like you can do whatever, you know, you want. So I went in and I I actually got four personal loans to afford, I think it was like a $50,000 a year that, that we budgeted at the time. Do not recommend. <laughs> do not recommend. <laughs> and, um, and then uh, we go to this amazing conference with somebody that we've been following for quite a while. We actually implemented things that he did that he was like teaching online and we got amazing results for the clients that we had at the time. Mm -hmm. So we're like, this seems like a logical event. So the day that I quit, that's a Friday, we're on a plane to go to Boise, Idaho. And we're in this like room next to like 600 other entrepreneurs and they make an offer for this mastermind. Yeah. And then we invest half of my loans <laughs> into this mastermind. Oh Never gosh. in our life we've invested that amount of money. We didn't tell my wife. We said, we're like, we're going to make this back. Again, that belief that we, we could actually do it. And then, you know, we started implementing and then March 2020 comes along and then all, you know, every single person that we're helping in town. I think we only had one online client at the time, completely closed doors. And they were like, Hey guys, like we cannot pay you. Like, I don't know. In so yeah. we were really between the, the, the wall and the sword, you know, and uh, we had to figure out. So that was a day that our online client was like, what do you guys, why don't you guys start a podcast? And uh, he was big on podcasts. He was doing three shows a week. And we were like, I guess we'll do that. We have time now. You know, we have about 30 to 60 days worth of runway. We will figure something out. And that's when we launch actual content is profit, the podcast show that, that you have now. I think we're about to hit 500 episodes very soon. And yep. <laughs> and yep. then the first 20 episodes, it was just me and Fonzie documenting what we're experiencing at the time or learning at the time, you know, from books that we're reading or the lessons. Maybe crying a little bit. Maybe crying a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and we ran out of things to say very quickly, right? So we're like, wow, either we have to go interview some people and learn from them, right? Document what they were doing and go that. So that's the route we took for with the show. Mm -hmm. And immediately after, as soon as we started bringing people into it, that our guests actually started asking, well, what are you guys doing? Like, what do you guys do as a business? And I think it was like the third person that, that we actually showed like a demo of our product. And at the time we decided to go straight with multi-purpose in video from long form to short form. The guy's like, I need a team like you guys. And he hired us and we're like, wow, what an opportunity. So we completely changed the way that we were doing outreach at the time. And yeah, we pretty much changed the business model from the, whole, the, the product that we were offering to the way we were acquiring the customers. Yeah. So, and yeah, that's kind of like what kicked it off at the end. We went from the two of us and then we managed to build a small team that would help us with the fulfillment and allowed us to do more of the podcasting. And then we've been consistent for the last, <laughs> what, four years, three years? Three years, yeah. Fast forward a few years, obviously. Lots of lessons in between and crazy oh, yeah. things happening. But, you know, right now, by the time this interview is going out, you know, we have a, a physical location where we rent out podcasting studio to to local creators. And, and we had the online agency as well. So it's been it's been a fun last, like, seven years for sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. 
Lots so to much unpack. to, <laughs> yes, I was literally, you just took it out of my mouth. I was just about to say lots to unpack, but I love that story so much. It's like a lot of testing and iterating and like belief in yourself and lessons learned and definitely just has all of the parts of a really good entrepreneurial story. And So friends, we're going to take a quick break so I can tell you about another amazing podcast, and that's Latinx Empower, hosted by Thaisa Fernandez, which is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. Latinx Empower is a podcast that features interviews with top-level executives, entrepreneurs, and innovators from Latin America, aiming to demystify the tech industry by providing listeners with insider perspectives and insights from Latin American leaders who have succeeded in their careers. I think you'll love a recent episode on toxic positivity in the workplace. Listen to Latinx Empower wherever you get your podcast. And I'm just so curious about maybe some of the things that you think what are some of the things that you would have done differently if you could go back? Is there anything that you would have done differently or any lessons learned that you want to share? I mean, definitely there's a lot of lessons to be shared. I'm thinking specifically, what would I have done differently? Because I don't think I've ever actually sit down and, and think about that. It's a great question. I've thought about it. He's like, I would go into business alone. <laughs> <laughs> Do not recruit your blood. Do not pay the initial thousand bucks for the social media marketing. No, <laughs> Honestly, I've, I've thought about this question a lot. Actually, you know, I, I work with a coach and we've explored so many dark moments in my life. <laughs> and uh, I mean, this is one of the questions that come up, right? And honestly, like my honest opinion is like, I don't think I will change anything because it's allowing me. I actually had this call today. Fonzie, you don't know this, but I was like, I, I was reflecting on this. I was like, man, like this year has been crazy. Like we acquired the studio and it, there's just been a lot of stuff, but we've also felt like complete honesty, threading a lot of water, right? It's been, it's been interesting like this year. And I'm like, man, like I feel like less motivated for some reason. It's been like the direction is not, it hasn't been clear. It is clear now, by the way. Cool, the, cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can't wait for that conversation. But I'm going back <laughs> and I'm like, man, like if you ask my 15 and 16 year old, right? At the time, obviously soccer is a thing, but like, I was also thinking like, what if soccer is not the thing? It's like, I wanted to be a business owner type of deal. Like I didn't want to work for somebody else. I wanted to live in a place where there's opportunity, right? What a better place than the United States of America, right? For that. I want to live in a, in a really nice place, and which we do. I live in a really nice house, really nice neighborhood. I have my two kids. I have my dog. I have my dream car. I have like amazing, beautiful wife, right? All these things. And I'm like, man, like I actually, like today was that realization that I actually made it. Like if I go back to my 18 year old, the starting college, I'm like, that's the things that I was saying that I wanted to do on half. So I'm like, wow, I think it's time for a new goalpost, like a new target, like what's out there, right? And it's like, and then you can reverse engineer and go about it. But like, that's why I feel like I don't need to change because those are the things and mistakes and things that happened that led me to this point, which was my dream eight years ago, right? And you're like, what? That's crazy. So I don't think that's why my opinion is like, I don't think I will change anything because with challenges and all, we're living the dream. I'll figure Applaud. it out. Yeah. I know. Right. Yes. Yes. All right. yeah, we are I clapping. I love it. I love it. You know, it's, this morning I met with a friend that I met at a coffee shop a while back. I love coffee shops, by the way. And I always, I don't know why. But I get to meet some incredible people at coffee shops. Yeah. <laughs> I call it coffee serendipity. I was meeting with him today and we were talking about kind of like some some family triggers and whatnot. You know, he was sharing a little bit about his family history with me. And I don't remember exactly how we transitioned into the topic. But I remember kind of talking about, hey, where we are right now is kind of like a collection of the, the decisions and choices that we've taken before. So if we change something, if it, there's something I would change, we probably wouldn't be where we are right now. You know, are there more efficient ways to do things? Yeah, I'm sure 100%, right? But those are the lessons that we're learning that now, hopefully we're going to implement in the future. And now looking back into other conversations I've had, I remember saying it's tough, right? And being in low moments and I'm like, this is very difficult. There's some challenges. 
but I don't think I would really change much or anything at all, right? So your haircut, my haircut, maybe a little bit. <laughs> maybe maybe I would have maybe I would have kept my my man bun, you know? <laughs> maybe I would have kept that one. But yeah, you know, it's at the end of the day, we're mm-hmm. a collection of those choices that we've made and those mistakes that we've made as well. So I feel like going back and changing something would be kind of like maybe erasing part of who we are right now and what we have accomplished. I haven't given the thought that my brother had, so I'm, I'm, that's actually a cool uh, rabbit hole that I'm going to have to dive into, <laughs> right, in comparison to like my own goals and where I want to be. But yeah. sometimes what I will say is difficult to see the bigger picture and what you have accomplished, especially like my brother said, that we have that feeling that we have been kind of like stuck, kind of like swimming in the same place for for a little bit. But when you look back into it and you compare it to maybe even a year ago, mm. the progress is is clear, right? But sometimes we're just so stuck in the problem that it's difficult to space out and, and take a look at that. So long yeah. answer, <laughs> short, it would be, I don't think I would change anything if I'm being honest, but there's definitely a lot of lessons. So I'm curious, what type of lessons would you like to hear about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if there's just a self-development kind of lesson for entrepreneurs, anything where you feel like you've really grown, where you were tested, and that could be just perhaps a helpful mindset shift for perhaps someone who wants to be like you and be in your position? I, the first one that comes to mind, and there's a little bit of recency bias on this one, just because it has come up lately in our lives, is actually something I learned from a book. I'm trying to remember the name of the book, but pretty much it says, what you don't say creates distance, mm. right? So if you are in a, some sort of partnership, whether that is, and I've, I've literally used this in my relationship with my girlfriend, in my business relationship with my brother, and now I'm extremely conscious about it, is what you don't say creates distance. And what does that mean? There's a lot of times where we go that certain actions from our loved ones or people close to us might create some sort of reaction in us. And then we don't say anything. And we, you know, kind of like stuck it deep inside of us. And that just builds up, right? It might build up some sort of resentment. It might build up any other feeling. It could be mainly, I would say, it builds up some negative feelings. And, you know, there was some time recently that I felt me and my brother weren't communicating as much. And I think that was mainly because we were so stuck in the problems. It's like working in the business that we have this weekly meeting and we kept postponing it and all these things and all these other things were happening, challenges inside of the business that we kind of like shoving around and maybe we were taking certain actions without consulting. And that started to create this feeling on me that I felt that I was, there was a huge gap between my brother and myself at that time, right? So... I remember that advice that I've been applying in my relationship with my girlfriend since we started. That's actually how we started the relationship. I told her, hey, look, what doesn't get say is it creates a distance. And I don't want to have that distance in this relationship, right? And it has served us a lot. So I brought that to the table to my brother. One day I just randomly pop up in here, actually on this studio. He was sitting there where he's sitting right now. Mm. And I pop on the door and I like, hey, look, I give him a little bit of context on what I was going to say, but I told him what doesn't get say creates distance. And I feel like there's quite some distance between us right now. So let's talk, right? And it wasn't an easy conversation. I could feel, see my brother, watery eyes. He's too proud to to cry, you know. Maybe you could see a few tears running down, running down my cheeks. <laughs> but, you know, it's, yeah. that would be, and I don't want to say advice, because I don't know in what position people are in this situation, but it has definitely been something that has been extremely helpful for me. Specifically, it also like just lifts a weight from you. Like you feel like you have all these things that you want to discuss, that you want to talk about, all these worries. And as soon as you share them, you know, because you might have some expectations of some sort. And guess what? Happiness equals reality minus expectations. And by communicating these things, you get to remove those expectations and actually have facts. And it gives you clarity. So again, it's a tool for those that want to use it, right? To close the distance between special relationships in your life. 
whether that is entrepreneurship or your romantic life, whatever it is. Yeah. See, that's what that's why he's also a partner. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's here. That's why we invested a thousand bucks eight years ago. No, I love that. And and you know that that was a really hard time and that was a really hard conversation that we had. And I'm very grateful for moments like that. So I encourage everybody to like at least explore what that looks like. For me personally, I think like this last year, we've been through a lot of changes, like this big decisions to go get a coach. I've never really, I think that has been the biggest investment apart from like the mastermind personally that I've done. And it's made me like see my situations under a different eye, bounce ideas. Like I get asked the right questions to be able to like get out of that situation and like maybe think from like a 10,000 feet above instead of inside and play soccer our entire life. We always had coaches, right? Whether it's a team coach or whether it's like a one-on-one coach, right? And whenever you, we decided as entrepreneurs to tackle these crazy challenges of building businesses or building an audience, of building a community, of building something of value for somebody out there, we don't even consider going and, and seeking help. We're like, we can figure this out by ourselves and YouTube. But there, I think it comes to a time where there's, there's enough information and we, we kind of know what to do is inside of us. And we need that help for somebody to kind of pull that out from us. So in this stage of my life, the last year, that has been one of the best moments. And you know, the conversation I, I just talked about, about like the new goalpost, that was a conversation I had today, right? And it, literally, this is the first time where we're seeing each other today. That's why Fonzie just is, is, is just finding that one out. But it's been it's been a game changer for for me at least. And and I think it's made me a better person, better leader and still lots of work to do, but maybe consider finding that, that person that could, that fits your personality type. Right. And then that can help you move the needle forward. Wow. Okay. More gems. I love this so much. And just, <laughs> you guys are great. Wow. Thank you so much also for just being very honest and, and sharing that kind of more challenging part of your relationship and how you're able to overcome that. I think that's extremely helpful. And it's actually related to something that I talked about recently on a solo episode about applying the lessons that we learn from a personal perspective to a business perspective to a career. A lot of this is applicable to all of the relationships in our life, all of the things in our life. And I feel like I've learned certain lessons in my life from a personal perspective, very similar to having those difficult conversations. Like I came into my relationship with my husband, having had past relationships and saying, hey, we have to be kind, but also honest because then it'll build up and then I don't want you to just leave me. And he was like, okay, crazy girl. But no, he didn't say that. But (laughs) (laughs) he's like, you were intense. You have a lot of, had a lot of things coming in, but it was extremely helpful, but I didn't think about it from a business perspective or from even from just a creator perspective. And you're dealing with outside contractors, you're dealing with publicists, you're dealing with brands. It's important for me to have those difficult conversations no matter what, you know, even if you're not close because you want to protect your values and protect your vision. And I think I had challenges with that. And so I think it's just the art of that difficult conversation and having it, I think, is invaluable in so many aspects of our lives. Absolutely. I mean, based on what you said, there's a phrase that I referred the last week or so, like it stuck with me. It's like, I'd rather be honest than nice. And going back to like how we were raised and like, we wanted to be everybody's friend and, you know, and that maybe we were over nice a lot of times. Right. And even with our, even with with our team, we're in the middle of like these decisions that we have to make with our internal team. And also in my family, I have a four year old, right? Like he, he does something wrong and then, you know, he puts a party face and then you, all you want to do is like snuggle him and you're like, no, 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 gotta be, gotta be honest. And, and with him and like actually explain what was wrong. And, and, uh, and I think that's super important because by being nice, maybe you're doing the, the, at the service to that other people, especially if it's your own business and it's something that, you know, you've invested not only money, but time and sweat and tears and blood and maybe some other personal relationships. Right. And you're like, okay. Am I actually being honest with what's being said first from me and then what's being said from whoever I'm having that tough conversation with? And if for me that changed everything because I always personally tended to be towards the nice side, right? Like I'm like, oh, you know, this was not done correctly or X, Y, Z. I'm like, it's okay. Like we can, we can figure out for the next time. I'm like, 
it was not done correctly is black and white in this specific situation. This is why, and so on. So I, I've been grabbing onto that phrase a ton the last couple of weeks and it goes exactly, you know, hand in hand with what you said. Yeah. Go, going back to what we were sharing before about choices, right? That where we are right now and who we are is a collection of the choices that we've made. Not having the conversation is still a choice, right? A lot of people might see, oh, my only choice is to potentially have the conversation. So I'm not going to, it's awkward. I'm not going to do anything. Guess what? Not doing anything. It's a choice as well. And these past three days, I've emceed a three-day event of a good client and really good friend. And in one of those days, I actually shared this from one of my favorite newsletters, if you don't mind me reading it here, for I, I like giving credit to people. So he's, yeah, he's yeah. from Taylor Welch. He says, there are really only two things in a person's life, things created by them and things allowed by them. You may not have chosen the problems and scenarios that are causing stress in your life, but every day you go without owning and removing them, that is on you. If you mm. can take ownership of where you are right now, today, you can also take ownership of the solution. And more often than not, the solution to those difficult moments is difficult conversations, right? So again, that'll be owning that scenario, making a choice having the conversation and then hopefully getting to a resolution and being open that knowing that the resolution might not be the one that you want, right? I will be, obviously we're brothers, we love each other, but I'm open to potentially the resolution that we were looking looking for certain problems. It might be, right? That is like, okay, we're going to go separate ways. You're going to do your own thing. I'm going to do my own thing. Obviously we'll be Heartbroken, I'll be heartbroken. It would be extremely sad. And that is not the situation, just in case. Just in case. But, Dang it. but you know, you, you, you got to go into those conversations again without expectations, right? Because happiness equals reality minus expectations. Yeah. Yeah. No, so many gems. I love that too. And I think what I saw recently is that there's a difference between kind and nice. And we can be kind and have those honest conversations and but be authentic to what we yeah. really want. And that's, and nice is a different way of doing that. And speaking of kindness and being nice and, and relationships, what advice do you have for people building relationships? I think you both are excellent at that. I remember being at Podcast Movement and everyone knew the biz bros. Everyone knew <laughs> Luis and Fonzi. Your energy is amazing. You know, do you have advice for others who are trying to build relationships? I think this is applicable to anybody in their career and in their life. Yeah. I guess I'll, I mean, what's the playbook? What's the playbook? Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a few things, but I think for us at a personal level is own who you are, right? In a sense, like Fonzie on a suit selling social media marketing agency packages. <laughs> you definitely know who I definitely know who he is, right? Like <laughs> I remember having a conversation early in our podcast. I think it was like episode like 30 something with a guy. His name is Bart Miller, still good friends to this day. And we talked about personalities and like who you are as a person or like if you are training to be an athlete, like you morph into that person, never morph into some, you know, an expectation from somebody else to you. And for us, we we're at the time we were launching the podcast. It was something brand new for us. And we were told by our coach at the time that only one attractive character needed to be hosting the show. And we we're like, what? going to be the two of us <laughs> and uh it's going to be the way that we want it it's going to be you know live it's there, there's be... still only one attractive character. let's be honest <laughs> definitely <laughs> definitely this guy uh <laughs> and we're like we're going to do intros live and if we make a, a mistake yep. it's okay and you know it's if we're not going to post edit the podcast because that adds friction to us like and it's accepting at that at that level that is and then that translates into events right because we know that we're not from here so maybe our english is not the best you know we don't have to be apologizing for it, right? We like we like soccer. We wear soccer jerseys, right? We forget to get our haircuts, so we wear hats backwards. So, you know, it's not too crazy, right? So all, all these things that make your own personality. And uh, that day, I remember, we're like, hmm, let's lean into that. Yeah. And then uh, that allows us to actually 
repel the people that we don't want to be around and attract the people that actually sync with our energy and like what who we are and like appreciate those things and it's been incredible so i think that's one and number two start a podcast you can can start relationships at scale very easily right you're creating this amazing thing of value you can have this conversation and even if you have one listener per episode it's totally okay because really the relationship that matters at that point is the person that you're having the conversation with across the camera. So those two things have been like the biggest needle mover, at least for me, yeah. when it comes to building relationships. Yeah, piggybacking of what you said, and I mean, it is cliche for a reason, right? But is just be yourself, right? Just saying it in, in simplified terms. It's be yourself, be you. And again, zero expectations on we're going to connect with everybody. I need to connect with everybody. Guess what? No, you're not going to be everybody's friends, right? But guess what? Luckily, we found a group of people that are like-minded, right? They have similar interests, similar passions. And turns out that we connected with you guys and it has been absolutely amazing. But also something that we had shared with us from one of our previous guests, I've contacted this prophet. His name is Gary Henderson. He's a really cool guy. Very, very smart. He has been running communities for years. I will say he's one of the OGs community builders out there in the internet. And he told us, well, you got to realize sometimes like the role of people in your life sometimes is temporary. Right? And I struggle with that because I like making friends. I'm like, I'm going to make friends he, for he life. to collect friends. He, I want know, to he, collect friends, right? He, he has Polaroids in his room of like all his friends. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, Brad, because... And I was telling him mostly in the context of her group. I'm like, well, you know, when somebody leaves, like that hurts, you know, <laughs> like it's tough. But guess what? It's the same with relationships, right? You got to go with relationship with an open heart. Hey, I'm going to pour value into you. I'm going to welcome you into her life. But guess what? If they want to go and move on into other aspects of their lives, that is totally okay. That doesn't mean the friendship is over. Maybe they just went on in the search of something else. And again, there's relationships that, different levels to relationships as well. People that you're going to be talking to every single day or on a very consistent basis. And then some other friends that you might reach out once a quarter and they're still very, very good friends, right? So again, Removing expectations at the end of the day, removing those expectations and be open to people coming in and living your life. But you got to be true to yourself because if if not, people look through all that, right? People can feel the energy when you're talking on camera and when they meet you in person, if there's a dissonance in there, I think that's a challenge, right? When you consume somebody's content or you are across camera with somebody and you're having a conversation and then you go in real life and there's this dissonance of like, but they were totally different when I interacted with them <laughs> over there, right? That causes a lot of friction and then people don't see you as authentic and they probably going to push you on the side. Yeah. No, I think authenticity is so key. Another theme that I love to talk about on the podcast, and you guys brought it right back to all the things I love, relationships, authenticity. I am so grateful for our friendship and relationship through podcasting, through the HubSpot Podcast Network. Yeah. You guys are like my podcasting brothers. So thank you. (laughs) We're not like we are. Yes, 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 you are. So thank you both so much for coming on No Straight Path. This was so much fun. Thank you, this Ashley, awesome. for having us. Yeah, that was awesome. By the way, uh, we have a competition going. Uh, pick a bro. So if <laughs> oh. you're actually watching this on YouTube or listening, uh, you can pick Louise or Fonzie, and then, you know, we, we add it to the tab. Yeah, cast your votes on the, <laughs> on the comments below. I love it. I love it. I'll do it too. All right. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of No Straight Path, the highs, the lows, and the lessons learned. Remember to share the podcast with friends and family. And my hope is that these stories help you navigate your no straight path journey. If this content is adding value to your life, and I hope it is, please take a few minutes out of your day to rate the show and write a review. You can click the link in the show notes to write a review. It helps other listeners find the show. And I just really appreciate it. Have a lovely week, embrace the journey, and remember, you're not alone.